Nothing breaks the news like the news. Trust me, I can prove it. I'm ready. Let's take on the biggest debates on radio, provide insights, experience, and build an unforgettable discussion together. I am Femi D. Amelie. Amelie. I'm often asked, why do I do a political show? Well, it has to be because of one of my favorite political quotes, the Gessner philosophy. Gessner philosophy. And it says, says, the right leaders feel a sense of urgency in good times and bad, whether facing threat or opportunity. No matter what, they are obsessed, afflicted with a creative compulsion and inner drive for progress burning hot coals in the stomach that remains constant, whether facing threat or opportunity. This is what I also believe, that there's a sense of urgency that needs to be done with every right leader. And that is why I do the show. This I believe. I am Femi D. Amelie. This is The Brief with Family Life. I'm about to bring you the biggest stories as you would find as it happened this very week from January, from, well, not January now, from June 22 till June 27. What are those stories in the world of news in Nigeria that made a difference? This is the place where you find them. Welcome to the show. This is The Brief with Family Live. A very good morning to you once again. Welcome to the show. It's Saturday, June 27. As always, Saturday brings that amazing opportunity to review, to talk about some of those stories that, well, really did trend throughout the course of the week. Yes, they started off on Monday. You will think about how a story started off. And then on Tuesday, it takes a new turn. Wednesday makes it turn around completely. Uh, well, Thursday could turn it off. And Friday will put some magic into the whole story. Who knows what would happen next week. But for you, not to miss out on some of these stories. That is why I am here. This is the brief. I try to touch on those stories quickly as as I can to share with you where things were, where things are now, and just maybe where things will go. Well, there's a good place to start now. Now, this week, they start off with uh, some collection of stories from over the weekend. Remember last week, there was much debate about the all-progressive Congress, the leadership, who leads, when should they lead, what region is the person leading from. Th that was one big story that they started off the week. Also, on the sideline of that was the fact that um, uh, Governor Basaki did join the PDP. And yes, uh, so much so about if the primary should happen, who would contest against him, who would challenge him if anybody could um, in that very voting process or exercise as, as, the, as the case is or well, um, pretty much has been. So you have that going on. Now also this week, did anybody follow through with this story from Ghana where they did touch on the Nigerian Commission in Ghana? Who makes that type of mistake? Who looks at a building and just chooses to say, well, I am not sure who wants this building, but if they are Nigerians, it needs to go. Well, they have apologized, that's the update to that, but what type of mistake is that? Who makes such a mistake? I am just so interested in finding out what that story did end, uh, at the end of this week. Okay, 
And that's one story as well. Also, the same week, we had interesting moments. Uh, who is on the National Working Committee, who is not, if that exists anymore. Uh, there was also the next meeting in the APC. Mm, what else does that sound? Oh, yes, this week was set aside also to look into the issue of torture. Yes, the issue of torture. And this week also did see uh, the National Association of Resident Doctors call it off. No more strike for now, so long as everybody behaves and comes to our aid and do all they need for. And yes, the numbers are increasing uh, when it comes to COVID-19. The situation becomes even there more than ever before. Are you still practicing all the things we were told to practice? Should I start to remind you from physical distancing to wearing a face mask to washing of hands? All these are part of the things you don't want to miss out on. Trust me, you don't want to find out if COVID-19 is real uh, by using yourself. I've had friends who tested positive for COVID-19. And trust me, I know how much pressure and thoughts are going into that. Not to talk of my prayers that with them. Anyway, that's just part of it. Well, let's dig around now. Let's start off with Monday. What were the stories trending on Monday? Let's find out. A great talk show unravels your thinking, makes you stop to listen, engages you in a debate of opinions. I believe this man knows what he's doing. He is a Nigerian. And ultimately brings you to the king of talk radio, Femi D. Live. So, here we go. Let's start off with the show. This is The Brief with Femi D Live. I am Femi D. Amelim. Now, on Monday, well, the All Progressive Congress Edo governorship election was bound to hold. There was a, a primaries committee that was set up and, yes, was being headed by the Imo State uh, Governor, Opu Zodiman. And, yes, on Sunday, it released procedures for the, the primary election in compliance with the state government's COVID-19 regulations. Now, part of the statement from the secretary of the committee was pretty much uh, that uh, the voting would commence simultaneously by 8 a.m. in the 192 words of the state. Um, the secretary, who is Dr. Ajibola Bashiru, explained no more than 18 persons will be allowed to gather at the same time from the commencement of voting till the end of the exercise when the results will be announced. Uh, also, the police command in the state said the command was on top of the situation and to see that no issues did come up from violence to abiding by the rules and regulations. Well, the Edo State Police Command Public Relations Officer Chidi Mwabuzo has stated that um, the State's Commissioner of Police, Babatunde Johnson uh, Kokumo, has made adequate security arrangement with regards to how things should be. Of course, this follows through from um, the gracious approval of the Inspector General of Police. Now, that guideline was pretty much held up uh, this week. Now, also this week, the Northeast National Vice Chairman, that's quite a mouthful, of the All Progressive Congress now, Sally Mustafa, has dismissed, he did dismiss the claims of some of his colleagues uh, in the National Working Committee on the resignation of the Deputy National Secretary, Victor Gedom. Gedom, okay. A statement by Mustafa in Abuja on Sunday said the Deputy National Secretary did not resign his position but was given a waiver to contest the Deputy Governor election in River State. Now, the APC Northeast National Vice Chairman said uh, the NWC should uphold this earlier decision uh, and should not make caricature of its image. Now, the, the NWC or the Vice Chairman, as we added at the time, was on September 14, 2018, granted a waiver by the NWC in a letter signed by the suspended APC National Chairman. So, here's the deal. A lot of people have been talking about Gedam um, 
resigning from the APC. But here we have it now. It is clear that he was given a waiver to contest. Normally, this um, is a little bit different. Uh, you find if you have to contest for an elected position in the party where you are working, you're expected to leave uh, that position. In fact, if you have an appointment, like um, Governor Kyle Defiami had the appointment of solid minerals before, uh, he had to resign that position in order to contest um, in the uh, gubernatorial election in the Kitty State at the time. So, but I'm going to win well for him. But these are some of the intricate details but party did give a waiver with regards to this and that pretty much sets things in motion motion from september then till now now talking about Ondo state now governor agbola Jai resigned his own membership that's talking about the deputy governor of Ondo state from all progressive congress Ajayi resigned his membership of the apc on sunday um well it did say this in the essay ado local government area of the state where his home is, he said, coming a few hours after Ajayi, um, well, did leave, um, Agbai, um, Agbala Ajayi, who is the deputy governor, did leave the APC. The commissioner of police, Balaji Salami, uh, was also called up. Um, uh, mm, he prevented him from moving out of the government house in Akure. But the deputy governor from the APC put an end to speculation that he's been, uh, there's been speculation about him leaving, that's Ajayi. But now he did leave, uh, pick up his membership of the PDP at his word. Um, while addressing supporters, the deputy governor said he's happy to be back to the PDP. I tell you, the way this thing works is, here the um, APC, PDP, and TTT, any party at all, politicians find it very easy to move across board so why are young people especially young people why are they doing the undone in the name of politics on their behalf i really wonder today you're shouting you know our party and the people who supposedly make up the framework of the party move easy without any sense of care or even reflection as regards the supporters. They believe when they move, that you move. Not nothing at stake for you. No matter what you're up to, how you've been involved, no matter the work you put in, the resources you put in, it's time to move. You move with them. So think about it. Is this how do we really follow politics or the politicians that lay out at the politics? I don't want an answer to that question because I already know what that is all about. But, well, Ajayi did resign as the deputy governor, um, um, a progressive member, not deputy governor now, of the state. Now, there are also talks about maybe, just maybe, uh, there will be a thing of interest such as, uh, well, the House of Assembly would try to muzzle him off the position of deputy governor in the state. You never can tell but if there's a man that a lot of people have been holding conversation as, as regards if he's involved, it would have to be Rotimi Akeredelu, who is the governor uh, of the state, Ondo State Governor. Uh, well, pretty much with regards to that, uh, the governor of Ondo State, Akeredelu, uh, denied any th reason to say, I do not know anything about a video released um, about the deputy governor uh, being confronted, being uh, muzzled, or his aide now, uh, being put forward in a very devious uh, way. It says, anything that says that I did, that's the governor now, is concocted and is a devious lie uh, meant to discredit him. So he says nothing about that uh, was really anything you could connect him with. Now, another story of interest now. At the national level of the All Progressive Congress, Ahmed Lawan, who, by the way, is also the president of the Senate, uh, says the security challenges in some parts of the countries must be addressed squarely. Lawan made this declaration in Abuja on Sunday after he met with President Muhammadu Buhari at the State House. He did urge the head of the military and other security agencies, sit up, I'll be shown the way out. 
But the Senate President said the National Assembly is set to ensure security agencies get the necessary financial backing um, uh, to succeed in their duties. I've, why did I have heard that before? Because the last time they had a budget defense um, for the security operators, I, I recall I went into that, uh, I did put, put up clips of exactly what was said with regards to defense uh, before the Senate. Everybody said, oh, they don't have, this is what we need, even when we have the funds, it doesn't come in a very timely fashion. So our performance sometimes make, it becomes um, ridiculous because of the way in which the funds do come in. They come in at a time one cannot even say so much so as regards what will happen next. Anyway, getting back to um, um, Ahmed Lawan now, the president of the Senate. His comment after meeting with the president was of interest as well. This is what he shared with regards to that. So let me see if I can get a hold of this so that you take a listen for yourself. This was last Sunday. The country is facing very serious and deep security challenges and I've come to meet with Mr. President to discuss with him what we have discussed in the Senate previously, that we should do whatever it takes to improve the security situation in the country. And we believe that the Senate and indeed the National Assembly is positively disposed to receiving even supplementary budget, purposely to address the fundamental needs of the security agencies for our country so that we are able to empower them, enable them to fight the Boko Haram in the northeast, banditry, and other security challenges across the country. All right, well, that, that clears that up. So there you have it, uh, him speaking about that. Well, about the political party he belongs to, he said this. I believe that we, we, we have to deal with these challenges. This is the ruling party of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. The situation must not be allowed to degenerate further than it has. And I believe that uh, we must go into our constitution, the constitution of our party, and see how we are to address this. But we must not allow the situation to continue as it is today. Because the stability of APC is the stability of Nigeria. This is the party that is running the affairs of, uh, of this country. So I believe that uh, we, we have to sort this out. All right, well, sort it out. Let's see how that would happen. But two people were responsible for the solution, I hear, or while intervening in an attempt to get at the solution. Femi Gwajabiamila, who's the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and Kyle Femi were both responsible for intervening in the strike that was ongoing by the National Association of Resident Doctors. Yes, they had a nationwide strike that did was that went into effect immediately on the 22nd of Monday at 12 noon. I did talk about that, right? Well, they issued that communique on Sunday that they're going on strike and nothing can stop them. The president of that very association, President Aliu Sokumbo, said the executive council decided to suspend the strike in order to give the federal and state governments time to fulfill the outstanding demands of the association. According to him, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Femi Gwajabiamila, the Secretary to the Government of the Federation, boss Mustafa and the chairman of Nigerian Governors Forum, Kaode Fayemi, had intervened in the matter to possibly see them shelve the strike for a better period of dialogue. Now, remember the strike uh, did see doctors who were in COVID-19 duty stay on point, at least 40% of them. And then also, I spoke to the vice president, the first vice president of uh, NAD this week. That was just yesterday, right? I had a conversation with him and he laid out some of their biggest challenges. Let me tell you about some of the high points of what he said. He talked about the fact that they have a hazard allowance of 5,000 naira 
And um, with 5,000 Naira, in case any of them gets any type of disease, whether hepatitis, COVID-19, it is expected that this is the allowance that would cover uh, some of these stuff. Now, he mentioned the hepatitis um, part is, uh, of FSC. He says, you know how to treat some part of, some form of hepatitis. It takes about 400,000 Naira. So what in God's name are we expecting them to do uh, to open up themselves to hazards that um, the government is not responsible for? But down the line, uh, the federal government also said, yes, we're going to intervene, we're going to increase, we're going to start paying out the insurance uh, that we promised uh, this gentleman. Now, the strike is not new, it's not based because of COVID-19. Some would say the, the doctors are opportunists. They, they did come on board to try as much as possible uh, to take on the health of the nation or the welfare of the people at the time the, the country is struggling with the pandemic as well. But hey, guess what? They say that's not true. They've always had this deal going on with the uh, Minister of Labor and the Ministry essentially for a time now, but they've just found out that the Ministry was not even considering all this that was going on or even thinking about this, there was another part of interest in that conversation yesterday. Uh, um, Dr. Julian Ojebo uh, also did say to me that, that do, you, do I know that the PPEs, I think Swad was with me on the show, do I know that the PPEs, they get expected to wear them just once and then come out of um, the isolation center and when they have to go in, they actually have to wear another one. Said in the event you um, have to, you know that there's just one you have. So you stay in the isolation center all day for long periods of time because once you take it off you can't put it on and, and i do hear this is one of the biggest sources of how doctors are infected as well uh taking off the ppes making an attempt to wear a contaminated ppe uh and yes trying to resolve uh going on to treat people it's such a quest it's such a very daring quest um, i understand um, quite a number of doctors are also on hospital beds uh, and medical doctors and medical professionals essentially having become infected with covid19 what a time but talking about the intervention with regards to this, this is what uh, was pretty much the summary of that. This decision to suspend the strike action was taken in order to give the federal as well as the state government time to fulfill the outstanding demands. All right, so that was um, the president of the association. So they suspended the strike, give room for more demands to be made, uh, for more dialogue to be made um, in, in, with regards to that. Now, this Monday as well, there was uh, talk about what those numbers are, COVID-19 numbers, as it stands, where SCDC did release um, what one would call the numbers um, for the weekend. Um, confirmed cases at that time, as on Monday, was 436 new cases of COVID-19 in the country. And the total on Monday was 20,244. Oh, jo let me juggle you back to life. As at this morning, I'm looking at those numbers, there are as many as um, 23,220. Let me just run a double check on that because those are the numbers I did check. So between Monday and today, um, the numbers are coming to the SCDC has really picked up differently. Let me tell you what the numbers were on Monday and what they are now. Monday, you had um, a situation where Lagos topped the chart with 169 new cases, while Oyo stayed at 52. Plateau with 31, 29 in Imo State, Ogun with 23, FCT with 18, Bauchi with 17, 14 in Baeza, Rivers at 8, Oshu and Kano each at 6, Edo Benue with 5 um, each, and of course, 3 in Adamawa, 2 in Bonu, 1 case in each Abia and Ikiti State. Then they said the number of total discharge patients was 6,879 with 518 deaths on record. That was as at Monday. 
let me share with you what the numbers are now. Oh dear, this is going to be some number. I was looking at it this morning, and, and by the way, I try not to check on this number, look at the numbers. I look at them, but not read them for understanding daily because they're quite depressing to look at. It looks like everything is just climbing, no decline in any direction um, of, of favor. As of this morning, just a few hours ago, yeah, this should be about uh, 10 hours ago, the NCDC numbers are 684 new cases, Lagos has 259, Oyo has 76, Casino with 69, Delta with 66, Rivers with 46, Ogre State with 23, Edo with 22, Oshun with 22, Eboyo with 21, FCT with 20, Kaduna with 16, Ondo with 10, Imo with 9, Abia with 9, Gombe with 5, Plato with 4, Bauchi 4, Kitty 2, and Ambra 1. Total of confirmed cases now as it stands is 23,298 confirmed cases. And then the start so far is 8,253. And total deaths on record now is 554. What a time. What a time. I'm going on a break. I'll be back shortly to share more with you right here. This is The Brief with Family Life. I'm back in a short while. Nothing breaks the news like the news. Trust me, I can prove it. I'm ready. Let's take on the biggest debates on radio, provide insights, experience, and build an unforgettable discussion together. I am Femi D. This is The Brief with Family Live this very morning. I'm Family Jamila. You've been listening to you on the stories, leading stories for this week. And I made an attempt to bring them all to you. Okay, there's even more uh, to share with you at this time. Earlier this week, there was the conversation about Echo. Oh, yes, uh, for those who don't know where Echo is. How do I go about it? Okay, it's the supposed new currency that is due to be introduced in West Africa. Um, yes, among uh, the ECOWAS nations. Uh, they, they want to take on ECO as the currency they would use similar to what the euro does for the Europeans now. That's what the echo is supposed to be. Uh, but setting it up and coming to an alignment, an agreement, and all the agreeable terms seems to be uh, amiss now. Some francophone countries have already gone ahead to declare their own version of the echo, uh, even creating a spending plan. Um, and, well, currency exchange value as well, of course, that being overseen by the French government. But that is not so pleasing uh, to the Anglophone countries now. So Francophone one way, Anglophone in another way. So this week, they all got together and had a conversation alongside with President of Nigeria, Mohamedou Bouhari, where they speak and warned that the concept of the echo was in serious jeopardy if um, everything was not done carefully or meaningfully now. 
After that meeting, the special advisor to the president on media and publicity, Femi Adeshina, said the president stated his position as regards the new regional currency uh, when they had that virtual meeting. He said the Nigerian leader expressed concern over the decision of the Francophone countries to form the West African Economic and Monetary Union to replace the CFA franc uh, with the echo ahead of the rest of the member states. Let me allow you listen to how he explained this. It gives me an, an easy feeling that the West African Economic and Monetary Union Zone now wishes to take up the ECO in replacement of its CFA franc ahead of the rest of the member states. I am informed that the French ministers have approved a bill to reform the CFA franc and most, if not all, of the West African Economic and Monetary Union member states have already passed legislations in their various parliaments to that effect. It is a matter of concern that a people with whom we wish to go into a union are taking these major steps without trusting us for discussion. Ah, so they left out the Anglophone guys, uh, well, and they took their own decision. Okay, so without involving them, my point is they left them out. I think that's the best way to express this very easily. Okay, so President Mohamed Dubar is concerned about that decision that, that they made by some states uh, in the West African region, leaving out some other states. Uh, Anglophone, Francophone, uh, into the French separate parts. I, I've always had issues with this. I remember I wrote back for uh, the Vanguard. I wrote a column for the Vanguard about the ECOWAS and uh, the concept of really, uh, can we really be united? Um, whether we're just there to make an agreement. Okay, you can check that up. I wrote an, a column about this some years ago for the Vanguard about uh, whether ECOWAS is really for uh, going to go on with this echo currency or not. I see much drama we don't load uh, as we go on. All right, so moving on past that. So President Mohamed Dubari said all security chiefs should actually sit down and have a meeting with the governors of uh, the states, at least 19 northern states. They had a meeting. Uh, the NSA was in charge of that meeting. National Security Advisor, retired General Babagana Mono Guno, uh, well, discussed this, um, well, pretty much um, insecurity in the region. Let's go into this. San Francisco State Governor Bello Matawale said his administration is closely working with the security agencies to address the worsening security as we have it in the state. Um, you know that they're doing well, and I've been working for over one month now with tremendous success. How successful has this Zamfara state been with this situation? Okay, let me allow him to explain this to you. We met in the National Security Advisors Office with Northern Governors and the Inspector General of Police and other security agencies at NSA office, which we discussed seriously on the issues of insecurity. President Gamma and the security are doing its best to make sure that uh, we curtail the issue of this insecurity. Uh, we assure Nigerians that, inshallah, within a few days, uh, they will achieve what uh, they are doing. Some, there are some repentant bandits that uh, they have already subscribed to the fees initiative, we are using them, and uh, uh, some that uh, they refuse to uh, key into the dialogue, uh, we are fighting them. 
Aha, uh -huh, so we're fighting them. All right, well, that pretty much puts that into perspective. Now, the National Association of Nigerian Students now, NAS, has asked this, the federal government uh, to resolve all pending issues in the education sector. And that's before COVID-19 um, goes away. So resolve this before we come back. Um, remember, there's the IPAPIS issue, there's the ASU issue, and even the issues are named uh, that may be there. But they, they asked, resolve this before we resume schools. We don't want to go, go come back from COVID strike and then we were struck out yet again. Call to federal government at the moment to be aware of issues from us as students. We just do that. We should rise up to the occasion and resolve all the crises, especially the pending ones with ASU and other staff of special institutions, so that when this whole thing is out, we will not be keen to battle with OASU strike and all our own demands as student leaders should also be addressed immediately. When I talk about our demands, I'm talking about the welfare of students and the position of basic amenities for the convenience of students to study in special institutions and of course in basic education settings. Oh boy. All right. Well, that's uh, that expression of that. Now, he also did say a little bit more with regards to the education sector. Uh, if schools should open yet, no, no, yes, yes, something like this was the answer. Outbreak of coronavirus has affected not only the economy of various countries, the world, and of course, family life. It has also strengthened the fabrics of our society, which is education and the younger generation. For months now, people have not been able to go to school, people have not been able to learn, younger people have not been able to acquire knowledge. We are praying that God Almighty will help us out of this situation. We also firmly believe that everything will get back to normalcy in a distant time and the government will open our schools for all of us to go back to classrooms and continue to live our normal life after them. And because the future is for those who prepare for it. Oh, yeah. The features for those who prepare for it, uh, well, that's the truth about that. Um, well, you can take that away from him uh, when he says the future is accordingly in such a way. Meanwhile, I am really concerned. When I heard this news, this next story I'm about to read uh, earlier this week, I was really, really concerned. I'm talking about uh, 49 health workers reportedly tested positive for COVID-19 in Enugu State just this week. Yeah. The State Commissioner for Health, Emmanuel Ikechiku, urged all to still seek medical aid for their minor and other major ailments. Now, um, meanwhile, 13 additional members of the Imbu State House of Assembly on Tuesday tested positive uh, for the coronavirus. Uh, the total number of lawmakers who are COVID-19 positive in this state now is 14. And all the lawmakers are currently in self-isolation. Uh, the state assembly has remained shut down since um, June 16, after the, law, after the first lawmaker was diagnosed with the virus. Excuse me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, why on earth were state lawmakers still very much gathered um, in a way that they could contaminate each other at a time where it was outrightly clear that the virus doesn't have legs but depends on your leg, my leg, and lawmakers' legs uh, to well, pass on the virus. I wonder why they had to gather in the first place. Now, 14 of them, literally, they can't even form a quorum unless they're forming quorum in isolation, isolated away from each other. This is really troubling. Now, sometimes we, we just have to know the meetings you need to go, the ones you need to stay away from. This is why we're asking that um, people should just get their mind on going. Technology is here to stay. Pretty much get yourself in into all the video conferencing apps uh, that is available to you for use. Um, there are so many of them, so many of them. But it is sad 
uh, that this is the situation. And now the health workers then have to deal with that. 49 of them, you say? 49. Yes, it is. Okay. Meanwhile, in the aviation industry, Captain uh, Dong Pam has been speaking about the federal government's plan to reopen the airports. Uh, he strongly advises that all things should be done carefully and correctly before those airports are open. Well, he was speaking this week to Dr. Atunuke Bijam um, with regards to this, and he explained it even carefully to us all. Take a listen to his interview. Even when you ground your aircraft, for instance, all the aircraft and other airlines kept on ground because they have not been flying since around the 22nd of March, those airlines on ground actually cost money to be on ground. There are some maintenance procedures you have to conduct every 30 days and some components that will expire even though they are brand new. Even if you put a brand new tire on the aircraft and you don't use it and you park it for a period of time, even though that tire is brand new, when that time expires, you actually have to remove the tire and discard it. And if you want to have a chance of using your aircraft soon, then you keep, you know, servicing it at least once in a week. All right, that clears that up. And here's another thing he said. The country spends a lot of money to train pilots every six months. Pilots need to go and do recurrency. Also, operators, after 18 months, they have to send their aircraft maintenance check because we've been talking about this since 2004 that the country should try and have a maintenance facility in the country and yet up till now 2020 our airlines still have to get their aircraft out of nigeria we have to take those aircraft and the money of course for the maintenance now if you're going to change dollars you would pay at least a minimum of around 400 naira to one dollar so this is where the airlines are finding it difficult to survive the industry is funded by hard currency all right, well, that was that, uh, Captain Dong, um, explaining the aviation industry, what needs to be done, the mechanics, if I may say, of what it involves as well to keep the aviation and the airlines itself and the, well, the aeroplane, if I may quickly add, uh, running. Okay, so the presidential tax force team continues to speak it, preach it, teach it, follow the guidelines. This is not the time for you to go to a church or mosque and be slain in the speed, roll all over the place. They also try to gather what, of, what is of you all over the place. This is not the time for physical contact. What well, explain this clearly. Nigerians have continued to show persistent and remarkable lack of compliance to COVID-19 uh, prevention protocols, which is quite worrying. In the cities where adherence to these protocols were high in the initial two weeks of the ease lockdown, progressively over time, citizens are letting down their guards and this remains of um, grave concern. There's also significant disbelief in the danger and impact of COVID-19. Um, in parts of the Southeast where we did a recent uh, survey, 60% did not believe that COVID was uh, an issue uh, at all. Uh -huh. And he also did see more. Our failure to take responsibility threatens the gains we have recorded, which is not good for our large population. In April 16, 2020, we had a record of 442 cases. By May 16, 2020, the figures had risen to 5,621 cases. And by June 16th, another month thereafter, we had on our records of confirmed cases 17,148 cases. That's that's a lot. That's quite a number. And quite a number, if I may say, quite quite a number uh, of 
cases now. Meanwhile, the FCT COVID-19 emergency response team on Monday staged a protest uh, to the FCT Department of Public Health uh, demanding for payment of three months as an allowance. I don't even know how to explain this. Down to tell you, here we go again. We've been given our 100%, if not 120%, because sometimes we go walk, we go go house, no road, they, they go don't block road. Some of my colleagues, they sleep for roads. Those of us that come from Maraba, they promise a hotel, we don't see. We go close 11, 12, they go house, they go block, we go sleep for motor. We don't walk two months past, now the third month business. We don't see money. Every day they say we should be patient. May we day patient, may we day patient. We don't patient, so they will not come get patient for our area again. All the patients don't travel. We need our money. May they give us, may we know, because we don't even know what's up. They know they even tell us anything. Again. Okay, patient don't travel in this case. I, I, I like the phrasing of that. Sometimes PG just does it for you. Well, responding to this, the head of risk communications at the FCT Department of Public Health, uh, Awas Laiman, responded and tried to explain the situation to the very impatient men who are the men who had grown impatient now. When everything is, like we said, um, it has to go stage by stage. We cannot just start paying money. The file has been sent out, we compiled their names, decided the director has tried her best, she has sent out the file, and the minister has approved. So it has to pass from the minister's office, from PAMSEC to minister, minister, back to the, the finance department. They will not process everything. This is not the time to take forever to process things. Ah, protocol and procedure ever, ever long. Okay, meanwhile, the All Progressive Congress uh, guys did meet um, at the presidential villa this week uh, in a bid to resolve their leadership crisis. President Mohamed Dubari was in attendance. Some governors were in attendance. Um, uh, governor of Kebbi State, who is now the chairman of the, who is the chairman, rather, of the gov uh, Progressive Governors Forum, uh, Atiku Bogudu was also there, uh, chairman of the Northern Governors Forum. And then the governor of, the, of Plateau State, Samuel Lalong, uh, governor of Jigawa State, Abubakar, Baderu were all in attendance. Take away from that meeting. Here it is. It's a party that believes in dialogue and contentious issues arise when you are dialoguing. And you may recall that because of the sanctity which President Muhammadu Buhari attached to constitutionalism, we held our national convention literally at the same time we are holding primaries because Mr. President I've always said we told Nigerians that our party is going to be a party of due process and we will do that no matter the challenge of the moment. All right, well, they'll do that. We'll see it get done. Meanwhile, the unprogressive Congress, uh, should I say now? Oh, yeah, yeah. In Edo State, there's a federal high court sitting in Benin City, Edo State, that did hold on Monday that postponed on the method. It was revealing what, what method should be used in the primary election of the unprogressive Congress. It, well, pushed the date now on the verdict of what will it done to July uh, six now, 2020. Uh, Justice Garuba Umar was one overseeing this case, and the counsel to the defendant, Roland Otaru, argued that the, his application on the matter for jurisdiction was struck out by the Court of Appeal and that his clients were taking the case to the Supreme Court. Oh boy. My appeal was struck out at the Court of Appeal because they said I appealed in respect of the substantive matter. And I said I was dissatisfied with that judgment because what I appealed upon was on issue of jurisdiction, basically on issue of jurisdiction, which is in relation to the internal or domestic affairs of a political party. Because how can a political be asking the court to direct? 
Uh, yeah, that, that, that did go on and on and on. Meanwhile, uh, also arguing counter to this very perspective as regards the legality of the process chosen by the party's candidate was a little bit different. Plaintiff Ken Mozai spoke about this. Our view was that that application in line with the direction of the Court of Appeal should be taken along with the main case. But we could not agree. So the court has now fixed because all the parties were served today. Some say they want to file processes against in reaction to the application. So the court has adjourned everything again to the 6th of July. Well, that covers that, uh, essentially. I've got to go now. Nothing breaks the news like the news. Trust me, I can prove it. I'm ready. Let's take on the biggest debates on radio, provide insights, experience, and build an unforgettable discussion together. I am Femi D. Amelie. Amelie.